Hello again, lovely listeners from Tony Co. Uh, this is the unique podcast that advocates refinement over retirement. And uh, I had a little, another little departure on the last episode, um, which was my chat GPT so, uh, solo episode uh, about artificial intelligence and how I'd given it a try for writing a blog. Uh, so do check that out if you haven't already. And I'm delighted after that to be reunited with my wife, Christine, today, who's my co-host on this uh, podcast. I don't think you've listened to the, the my chat GPT. I have. Oh, you have? Okay. You I have, quietly didn't... and secretly. And yes, oh. and I did, and I have listened to it, yes. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll... Yes, uh... I enjoyed it very much. Oh, thank you. Well, maybe we'll get yes. more, more of a reaction in another episode from you on that but that's not the subject obviously of our episode today so we've been doing um episodes specifically on our narrowboat experience buying tickety-boo indeed buying tickety-boo and you know our what how we got on with owning a narrowboat buying a narrowboat owning a narrowboat and uh, in the last episode we told you uh after a short period of ownership um of a year which really wasn't a year because it was a covid year and so that our use of the boat was very limited indeed uh, but we had enough of it of, of we had enough of an experience to be able to judge whether it was for us we shared with you dear listener uh, our reasons for selling but we held something back we've been hinting <coughs> we've been hinting all along that we had one particular um experience which really i think i won't say tipped us over the edge but shoved us over the edge um and uh, made the decision to sell even easier really it was a very big factor so the purpose of this episode is to tell you about that so we wanted to keep uh i'm i'm, I'm going to i'm going to sort of set the, the the stage for this and then i'm going to let christine uh, tell you a, a, about the story and we'll we'll go back and forth between us i'm sure they'll think there are things that i'll remember that she doesn't and vice versa um but the 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 backstory is that when we bought the boat you will remember that we had a survey done there were some things that we were able to get the seller to do there were things that we were not able to get the seller to do and so we knew that there were things that needed to be done and we wanted to keep tickety-boo in tickety-boo tip-top condition. Uh, that was, we always wanted to make sure we looked after her. She had been very well looked after in the past and we wanted to make sure that we were also responsible owners. Uh, and so we knew that tickety-boo needed her hull blacked. That was the most important thing. I won't go into all the reasons about blacking, but uh, it's something that needs to be done every two or three years on a, on a, on a narrowboat. That um, was coming up three years, wasn't it, I think? Yes, it we was. Did it. You're quite right. Yeah. And so we that was the main, main thing that we wanted to get done. Uh, but there was also, you may, may remember, an issue with the fresh water tank uh, because it had been advertised as stainless steel, but turned out not to be, as a result of the survey, not to be stainless steel. And that therefore means that uh, there's treatment needed to the water tank to keep it in good healthy condition uh, so that we knew had to be done and in 
uh, owning the boat and keeping it her, her at her new marina, we had noticed that uh, the batteries were perhaps not performing as well as they should do. And so we wanted to check out um, whether the batteries needed uh, to be replaced. So those were sort of that was sort of the main hit list of things that we needed needed doing. And so our marina was new, brand new marina. So it didn't have these facilities of a boatyard on site to take care of these issues. I think they're going to get that way, but at the moment they haven't, or they hadn't then, and they I believe they still haven't now got those facilities in place. So we had to find somewhere else. We found somewhere somewhere that was in a few hours uh, cruising. Uh, you know, you only go at four miles an hour on the canal, so, that's, so it wasn't very far. <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't very Not far by but, car, but yeah. it's uh, you know, it's that is actually quite an excursion <laughs> in narrowboat terms. And so we we the only time we could get her done due to COVID um, was December. Not an ideal time. No, but uh, it was actually a good time because we would bring. You has to. Uh, you have to. Um, it was the end of the season, so we had her for the for the summer because we got her in the August. So we had a few nice trips out during the the summer, and then we decided that we would book her in, didn't we, for the um, yes, for the when when the winter when she was going to be, I have to go out in the water anyway, and and we were going to be yes, know, I, I leaving meant her. I, I meant only from the point of view of actually being on the canal to take her for the job. It wasn't. Oh, I see. We, yes, we are yes, very much yes. fair weather boaters. And this yes. was anything but fair weather. Uh, but um, I'm going to let you take over the story here. I might interject at certain points, but uh, you're the actual hero of this story, in my view, um, in that you were the one that, dis when we collected Tickety Boo, that, that noticed, you know, very much noticed what, had, what they had done to her. So I'm going to let you take over from here um, and... Uh, just before doing so, I, I do want to sort of preface this by saying that we are not going to name names on this podcast. We're not we don't want to embarrass anybody. Uh, the uh, boatyard involved, uh, they're not here to defend themselves. Uh, this is our side of the story. They would no doubt want to <coughs> give you a different side of the story. It. So I'm going to preface it by saying that. Um, the owner, I think, is a larger and like the owner of the boatyard is a kind of larger and larger than life kind of a figure. Um, I'm going to call him uh, Henry. Maybe we can agree, Chris, to call him Henry. Okay. So that we sure. don't make the mistake of of naming him here. Um, so let for, that said, can you um, tell us the story? Yeah, so I um, just very quickly, I think it was decided to be booked in beginning of December, I think. Yes, we took her there on the um, 3rd, 3rd of December. Okay, and um, and the plan was to get her back uh, before uh, Christmas and then have her put away for the winter. Yeah. So, in fact, I remember it was uh, December the 17th because it was um, our youngest daughter's birthday, so I can remember it very well. It, um, being the, in, it being the date of collection. The date of collection, right. yes, sorry. Okay. No, so no we problem. so we arrived, um, we got a taxi over there um, because obviously we needed to bring the boat back to our marina. So um, 
I think you I think at the time you were desperate to go to the loo mm. so you said do you mind just you know jumping on board uh, they were expecting us um and you know you just go and have a while you went to the loo and I sort of got on well I got on the boat well then within seconds uh, I noticed some major damage um and I don't know what part of the where, where you open the Door, where the doors were opened right to go so down let, into let, the let me What's just let me called? let me pause you there so this is we our boat has a cruiser stern that's where you sit where, where you stand out or sit out to to steer the boat um and it's the gathering area when you're cruising people tend to stand out on the cruiser stern and so you're you're that's the area of the boat that you're talking it's really the stage of the boat in a way it's the showcase piece of the boat um so i'll let you take over yeah, so so I, as soon as I got on on that back bit, I immediately noticed some really quite badly damaged doors. They were a maroon colour, the doors, and they were all scratched and marked and just looked dreadful. And I thought, oh, my God, what's happened here? Um, went down into the boat and went from front, well, back to front, actually, because it's the other way around. Um, and the shower, uh, it's not a biggie, but the shower... Uh, head was hanging off there was blue uh blue loo type stuff splashed around in the shower it was all hanging off and broken and one of our mattresses a, um, a very expensive simba 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 mattress was all covered in hand prints and greasy black marks and i just thought oh god so as soon as you uh, you arrived back i said you came back i think with the with the uh with the, the guy we'd been dealing with, didn't we? The, 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 yes, uh, the supervising the, the manager. Yeah, the supervising yeah. manager who we'd been dealing yeah. with yeah. And, 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 who, and who had a list of what was, you know, to be done, et cetera, the batteries and the stuff like that. And as soon as, as, soon as you came on board, I said, Tony, I'm really upset. Look at, look at the state of, look at, look at her. She looks a mess. Anyway, he 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 got on. Uh, he was with you, um, and as nice as nice as pie, he was very apologetic. In fact, to the point that he said, "I'm going to uh, reprimand the guys that have been working on it," because he hadn't actually been working on it. Um, and I think he wanted to get one of the other guys that had been working on it to come and have a look. Um, but the bottom line was is that he was um, he 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 was. Uh, he was very upset, very apologetic, and said that um, after Christmas that he would uh, come out to our marina. He would sort it all out for us, and um, meaning the, the, repair, the, meaning repair, the repair, dam repair it. Yes, work, that yeah. they would come and do it at the boatyard, repair yes. it, um, and um, and uh, and then uh, you know, and I think he agreed to take. Uh, he agreed immediately to take some money off. We hadn't yet got the invoice that was coming in the new year as well. So yeah, so we there were there were two just, to, just some just, money, wasn't it? Just to sort of speed this on a little bit because it, it is a very detailed story and we haven't got a lot of time. But he did two things. He said, and he he totally volunteered these two things. One was to um, uh, take make an immediate deduction. I think from memory it was about two hundred and fifty pounds. Uh, as, a, was, as, a, yes. as a sort of you know just to say look you know we know we screwed up this this we're going to do straight away but we're also this is the second component we're also going to send operatives from you know our marina to your yes. marina 
um, to actually repair the paintwork and restore it to its uh, you know former glory. Damage, yes. So that those so, were, and so, I agree with yeah. you. He's a very nice young man. Um, was. And uh, there was not the you know he he volunteered this. It wasn't the slightest issue. And we were sat you know we went away feeling that the the we'd agreed a resolution. There wasn't um, there wasn't an issue, right? Go. Yeah, there, there was no issue. So there, yeah. So we got back on the boat and we tootled back and uh, and packed her up for the winter. So this uh, is you know, where I think we need on. to. This is where I think we need to speed up a little bit. Um, yeah. So you can. Me. So you let can me take let, over let from me let me sort of drive this because you really dealt from there with with the boat yard and, and you know we we were we were sort of wanting to. At some point, we got an invoice for the full job. Well, we did have all the batteries. All the batteries on board were 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 renewed. They recommended that we we had no qualms with it or the cost or anything. We said do it, um, and uh, we we got an we got an invoice. Well, having got an invoice, I think from memory, some, somewhere in the region of three thousand uh, pounds. When we got the invoice, uh, we uh, we before paying it. We just wanted to make, you know, sort of sure. I, I don't know why, but I something that was said in the correspondence just made me feel there was a little bit of backpedalling on what had been agreed. Well, so, I couldn't get hold of that guy. You remember, remember I, I essentially they said, said he was sick. Yeah, I essentially said, uh, don't, you know, don't pay it yet until we've got this. You know, just let, let's just get this absolutely clarified so that we've got something clear in writing now the good thing was we already had an acknowledgement from this young man that you know that he was going to find a time when the people could come over it but that's where the backpedaling came in i think as i i could just detect that there was no sort of there there was no he didn't seem that he wanted to do it very soon you know he was making ex excuses about covid and so on so i just got a bit of a bad smell do you know what i mean so uh, yes, so that's well, why it was I just, just can I just throw in? Yes, yeah, so he did. This was in the new year. Yes. And I just chased up quickly and said, when are you going to come and do it? And he said, well, we're in lockdown again. I think it was the beginning because of Christmas and New Year. Um, but he said, yes, I'm going to, um, uh, you know, he said, I'm looking into it. And then suddenly I emailed and he disappeared. He said they yeah. said he was I've got the general manager who said that he was off sick with COVID. And he would be taking over from there. Yes. Yeah, so, so let me pick it up here, uh, because I, the general manager um, got involved in correspondence, and where that went, without sort of going into the minutiae of it, where that went was, essentially, we don't really, you know, we as a we as a boatyard don't really believe that um, we caused the damage, and and uh, you know we don't think that this should, you know, we should do what this gentleman this young gentleman who they had fired it turned out they had fired him though they didn't say that at the time um uh, they didn't want to they didn't want to live up to the agreement that he had reached and that we were satisfied with so i got involved because you were visibly you know we got a letter from that guy the general manager and you were very upset and so i took it over and I had some correspondence with him that really turned a little bit legalistic. And um, the eventually the owner of the boatyard got involved. And I said he's a larger than life figure. And I was I was I'm sort of quite stunned because you know he, he took a position of saying, well, 
we're going to sue you for the for the bill sort of thing by this time i had offered what because we had we what we did is we went out to find contractors who could put the damage right to find out what the cost of that yes, would be. Yes, that's right. Now, in, yeah. in doing that process, we now realised why it was that they were backing away because we thought that this could just be done at our marina and, you know, they would come along with paintbrushes or whatever and put it right, but we're not practical people. What we discovered as a result of getting alternative quotations that process, what we discovered was that it couldn't be done as easily as that. It had to go into a dry dock for a few days to be done. And that was going to cost anywhere up to £1,500, between 1000 and £1,500, depending on, on where we went. Yes. So we now sort of realised why they were backing away from putting right the damage. Um, and uh, so... What I did was I made an offer because I wanted to be reasonable with these people, but I made an offer to pay the invoice um, and get their agreement to the deduction of a thousand pounds, which is of the lower end of what we had been, you know, what we had said, what what we was really an estimate rather than a quote, but you know, because you never know, you know, how how long these things are going to take. Um, and uh, I made that low offer, and I said, look, I'll pay it, but less this amount. Well. They were having, they were having none of that. They re, they they rejected that. So what I actually did, if you remember, was actually pay it because I wanted to. Yeah, we did do yeah, the right thing. That. So I deducted the amount that it would cost a thousand pounds at the lower end from their bill, and I sent them the, the money, thinking that you know any reasonable person would accept that. Well, not a bit of it. They said they were going to just, uh, they were just going to go ahead and sue us. So, and got this. Now, at this point, the larger-than-life owner had got involved, and he wrote a letter to us, which I've never seen anything like it. Um, he, he went on and on about how, you know, his background and how the general manager was good at boaty things, but now the great professional with a great professional background in the city of London, ex-chartered uh, accountant, a retired member of the London Stock Exchange, how he was now coming in and he was going to show his professionalism and, you know, he's had dealings with the law before and, uh, you know, that, that we, were, we, were, we were going to rue the day that we uh, essentially uh, went again him. Well, uh, what he didn't realise was <laughs> that um, I have a great deal ex of experience of litigation um, and, you know, he was messing essentially with the wrong person uh, because, you know, I, I wasn't about to let this uh, go. Uh, so cut a long story short, um, he went ahead. And I just think, you know, I think this guy, I've said this to you before, Christian, I, th I think this guy is essentially a decent guy. Yes. And I just think he got this so wrong. I mean, he just assumed that the customer was wrong, um, and he went further than that. He made no bones of the fact that the, he thought that we were charlatans, that we had essentially come in to take him for a ride. He called us fraudulent. I mean, this is in correspondence, you know. The, <laughs> he called us fraudulent and, 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 and names like that, that we just set out to defraud his company. 
I mean, very unkind really, words, very, very unkind, unkind words, very serious calling stuff, us but, liars and yes, this but, that, and the other, but, just but insulting. I think the guy is probably probably a decent guy as i say i think he just got this so wrong i mean why didn't well, he, i think he was think, unhinged, why didn't he think, well maybe honest. we did make you know even however he obviously likes to be right but it you know however much he thought that way surely he there'd be a part of him that would be say, saying look you know maybe we did do this you know maybe we did damage this boat but anyway he he went completely the other way went completely utterly off the rails and therefore, well, one I, letter. I, can I just interrupt? One letter, just quickly. He actually kept changing his story. One letter, he said, "Well, they, you know, they'd had a break-in at the boatyard, and maybe these people had broken in and damaged our boat." And then suddenly, the next letter wasn't anything to do with that. He changed his story again, and that we were liars. And we well, yes, I mean, he was he up. was he was speculating on what it might have been. But the the fact of the matter is, there was no getting away from the fact. That his employee, the man, the man who was he employed to oversee and supervise the whole job—that was his name, the supervising—that was his title, supervising manager—had immediately accepted that the damage was that down to them, and had had made, you know, had come to an agreement for putting it right. He couldn't get round that. I mean, from a well, legal point of pictures, view, we've taken pictures, hadn't we? Yeah. Well, I'm getting, I'm coming to that. Yeah. But okay. he, he couldn't get round that. Um, and but he just I think there was just some emotional part of him that was un just unwilling to be wrong, <laughs> you know. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, it did uh, you know cut again cut a long story very very short. It did go to court. Now fortunately, um, I mean, I think we you know our case was I don't think our case was assailable in any way. I mean, you don't normally get that in litigation. Let me tell you, the best that you normally get is a 50-50 chance of prevailing. I kind of knew all the way along that, that we had no chance of failing because it was quite clear from the correspondence that their own supervising manager had made this proposal, we'd accepted it, and it, they had to live up to that. There was no getting away around that, but he was just not having any of it. In fact, he even employed... Um, an expert without the court's permission you in, in this sort of case you need the court's permission to appoint an expert he appointed an an expert i'm going to say so-called expert because no expert uh who's really an expert would behave in the way this so-called expert behaved but he they they actually trespassed upon our boat without um you know they went to our marina they made they they falsely said that we'd given them permission to go on the boat they went on the boat they took photographs with a view to trying to prove that we were these, you know, fraudsters. What, all all yeah. they did, all they did was take photographs of the damage that they'd caused and then try and say that that damage was pre-existing already, you know, that we had done the damage or the damage was already there. Coming to your point, Chris, that was an impossible argument to win because we had really intensively photographed this, but we had the photographs of when we'd bought her we had the pho photographs of our trip down from that marina showing that particular part of the boat as well as the whole boat in very nice condition. Uh, so they were they were now just photographing their own damage that had been done. <laughs> and trying I'd to... already taken those pictures and sent them to them because I took them in front of the supervising manager on the day I discovered the damage when Absolutely. we went to pick her up. I, take, I took them there and then. Absolutely. 
so you know they they really were in an impossible position but this guy with all his prof- you know so-called law background and all the rest of it i have never known such a bad litigator you know i've been as i say i've dealt with a lot of litigation but i've never known anyone so bad he did everything wrong almost i can't think of a, a single step he took that was the correct step Everything he didn't he got follow the wrong. court. He didn't he, follow the court orders. No, he he ignored the court orders. He didn't even produce a trial bundle. So we had to do all that. We produced skeleton arguments. He didn't, even though he was ordered to do so. We produced the trial bundle. They're supposed to do that as the claimant. None of that stuff was done. Um, now, this was a time when the courts were it under enormous pressure because of the COVID situation, and so. The court itself was, you know, way behind and getting getting things wrong. So we had, you know, it's it's the job of the parties uh, or their lawyers. It's the, the, their job to drive the whole thing and make sure that everything is ready for the judge. And that is particularly the claimant's responsibility. And he doesn't did none of that. He, he you know, as I say, he got it. And what the bit that we've alluded to earlier with regard to the people that we bought it from, they, it seems, from the documentation that was provided, colluded with this guy and t- tried to say that the boat was, you know, apparently because we we had been so awful when we purchased it, that's, you know, the story, that, that tried to say that, um, tried to sort of buy into his story that the boat was in bad condition that it had been lived on and had a dog on it or something like that uh it was a lived liverboard boat um which it, i don't think it was we can't say one way or the other but it didn't but it didn't in even any know, way it looked like a and the story that the people that we met when we picked it up who were friends of the people that didn't fit with that um and uh you know i mean and then this so-called expert can you believe it he just he doesn't even inspect the boat. He doesn't talk to us at all. So he should be struck off. <laughs> he doesn't talk to us at all. And he just relies on the photographs of the damage that they took when they trespassed on our boat, damage that they had caused, and wrote a report essentially, you know, saying that the, the, the agreeing with the uh, claimant Henry's position. I thought the best, can I just, I thought the best thing about that when he did that, though, is, is he actually wrote us a letter and proudly pronounced in this letter... This is Henry. ..that he had... This is Henry, that yep. he had gone on board without our permission. He admitted it. Yes. And did. said that he had no qualms about doing so because we were such bad people um, that he was entitled to do that and he didn't care. Yeah. Well, so no, nice. the end. The end of this story, dear listener. I mean, it's a very long story. There's a bundle of documents, uh, which is enormous, unfortunately. But uh, you know, we just had to, as a matter of principle, we had to follow it through. The end of this story is, of course, his case collapsed, um, and we had uh, judgment in our favour. A judgment which um, I've actually, you know, not experienced anything like this before. But the the, the judge went out of her way to make sure, you know, that. Uh, to make sure what well to leave in no uncertain terms how she felt about um henry's position um and as and also this is very unusual by the way we got a cost order against him it's very unusual in this sort of claim 
uh, because on on the basis, and I warned him of this, I warned Henry of this right at the beginning, that I will be seeking an unreasonable costs order against you. Um, and, uh, of course, he ignored all that. And, uh, you know, I was quite actually surprised that we got it because it's so unusual uh, to get that. But we did get that. Um, and he, he and, didn't pay and then it. He didn't pay that. So we actually had to get a third party debt order. Uh, to get the, the, his bank to pay us directly, which was another, you know, as you, you can understand that this was a great deal of work. The amount of money involved really didn't justify what we had to do, but it had to, you know, it really had to be done. Now, I, you know, I couldn't let this go really because the guy had been so overbearing and so unreasonable and so unpleasant uh, that that's, um, so that was, you uh, just meant that I had to do the work that was involved and it was considerable work so anything else to add to that uh, in our closing no, couple of minutes I don't think so other than just I just uh I've I've never felt so sick and ill um I know you were very worrying. frightened because we did have to well, I was very attend court yeah we did have to, the first time he didn't even show up um and and um and hadn't done what he said he was going to do even though we checked with him you even offered to help him get it set up he wasn't yes, having I any did. of it mm. the second time that was our order to get we were applying to get the third party debt because he owed it he tried to muscle in on our on our hearing if you remember i was sat there so nervous we had another judge um but because of what the first judge had written, the judge said, well, why, you know, this is Mr. and Mrs. Coe's uh, hearing, not yours, sir. Um, and he just, he didn't realise his microphone was on at one point and he said, no, you're well, he was. A, I'm, his, I'm going to cut you short just, because, uh, Chris, I'm sorry. Was, I'm going to cut you short because okay. we're, we're running out of time. But he was, you know, the whole way he conducted the case was a mess <laughs> from start to finish. Yeah. He was very unpleasant and, uh, you know, made assertions that were really uh slanderous defamatory but you know one has to draw the line somewhere but anyway yeah. uh what i wanted to that is so that obviously this left a very nasty taste in our mouths yeah. and i think yeah. um you'll understand dear listener what you know that this was the straw that broke the camel's back as far as our decision to sell so what started out um, as a perceived refinement to our lives, the acquisition of Tickety-Boo, turned out to be the opposite. The actual refinement was getting her sold because we now you know, didn't have to <laughs> contend with all this canal life. Uh, we still love the canals. Uh, we still love to walk them, but we don't need to own a boat to enjoy them. So uh, there's a lot more, obviously, detail to this story, as you will have picked up. And we we don't want to labor it uh, beyond the interest level. But there has been, it has to be said, a lot of interest in, our, in this particular topic from our listening audience. Um, and if there is sufficient demand, we might even hold a Facebook Live session to answer listener questions and perhaps to go into more detail um, assisted with a bottle of wine in front of us no doubt if you want us to do that then let us know in the comments or by reaching out to us via the uh, facebook page or any other of the methods that are open to you 
Um, we want this podcast uh, to be driven by listener demands. We have loads of topics that we want to talk about. Um, and uh, we've touched on those before, you know, our veganism, uh, our second home that we had in Southwest Florida is a big topic for us. Uh, and many, many other, many, many other topics. Um, and we have um, guests as well lined up. So um, we, but we, as I say, want to be driven very much by what you say that you want to hear us uh, talk about. So if you want to have your seat at the table in that respect, then do reach out through comments and all the other methods. Please do like and share wherever you get the opportunity, because we are building our audience now that we have actually launched, officially launched this podcast into the world. We we obviously want to build our audience and uh, have lots more lovely listeners like you. So that's it for this episode. We look forward to um, having your company next time. But for now, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Bye, everybody. Bye.